Welcome to the Evolvepreneur podcast channel, which is sponsored by Evolvepreneur.biz, a new online community-based platform designed to help develop your skills and knowledge to be massively successful in this new digital age. Your host today is John North, who is a three-time number one international best-selling author and strategic marketer. John's passion is to help business owners to master the online marketing world. Welcome to Volpreneur Podcast. Today's guest is Divya Parikh, who's an international known relationship and leadership coach and speaker. Divya heads the DP Coaching Group, which helps entrepreneurs, leaders, achievers, coaching, and coaches you to achieve your personal and professional goals with laser focus and unstoppable confidence and resonant relationships. Uh, welcome, Divina, and how, how are you going today? Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for having me. Cool. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, most people um, who end up being coaches usually start somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely said it right. I come from a background of biochemistry and corporate. So I used to be in biopharmaceuticals, worked through very different areas. Very fortunate to have been part of four different life-changing medications that I was able to bring to the market as right. I had the opportunity to lead multi-million dollar projects. So so you're based in America now? Yes. Were you, did, were you born in America or did you migrate there? Or? Yeah, no, I migrated to U.S. from right. India. Gotcha. And so where did you get from like... Um, I guess a little bit of short stories. Where did you um, Where did you originally grow up? Oh, I grew up in India. You know, what, what was your first job? How did you get started in, in what you do now? So basically, when I started initially, I was very fortunate. While I was when I was training to do my PhD, I was fortunate to get a job of associate professorship, and it was really a fun job and very rewarding job because I was able to connect with students and help them. And so, how did you get into coaching? Did you start off um, doing as a PhD? What was your PhD in? My PhD was in Blancomstry, and yeah, what happened was, (laughs) as I was working towards my PhD, I had almost finished it, but due to unfortunate reasons, I was not able to finish it, even though my dissertation and everything was ready. So what happened was uh, I decided to change the trajectory towards pharmaceuticals. And as I was working in the pharmaceuticals in 2008, had really great time until then working in the pharmaceuticals because pharmaceuticals is also very rewarding. It brings forth so many beautiful medications without which a lot of people would not be able to survive. And also like today I can see the difference. Mm -hmm. I can share a little bit story about myself. Is having a cold and you take the antibiotic and it makes such a huge difference so going back to the time like as I was talking about in 2008 we had layoffs and during those layoffs a lot of my friends were walked off and Mm -hmm. that really hit me hard because Mm -hmm. on one hand here I was trying to save my job and yet at the same time feeling broken-hearted for my friends who had been walked away at a moment's notice. Mm. So something happened in that moment, and I decided to revisit my career, reflect and contemplate what my strengths were, and from there I started planning my exit strategy as a coach. 
Right, yeah. And I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs realise that their job isn't necessarily safe. You know, when they've got a nine-to-five job, they think now, and particularly nowadays, yes, once upon a time you'd get a job, you'd be there for 20 years, but now it's like your job could be gone tomorrow. And, and I think a lot, of, a lot of people who've got jobs think they're safe, but they're not. You're absolutely right. And that's for any situation now, because our technology and our walls are changing so rapidly that even the trends, every year the trends are so different that even us as entrepreneurs, we have to keep up with them. And change has become the name of the game, and it's about adapting and being flexible and going with the flow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, the reality is technology is replacing a lot of people in in the way that, you know, in automation and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, um, I mean, I was just playing around with a new app um, for Facebook where you can actually automate your um, your chat so someone can go to your website and start asking questions and the, and the AI will actually figure out what you're talking about and give you the answers. And you know what I mean? And and that probably would, would replace someone who's basically doing that as a full-time job. It might not be a very well-paid job um, sitting there taking chats and answering questions, but that whole help centre area is, is getting huge uh, changes in automation that's going to make a big difference. And they always... We reckon that eventually, you know, com- uh, face or paperless organisations will be dealing with paperless organisations on an auto-robot thing. So it would be quite interesting down the track when that happens. Imagine the screw-ups that would happen. Yeah. I mean, now, so you moved from obviously being employed and, and into a coaching environment. Is that something you're, you're doing the same thing you're doing now or did it change? Oh, it definitely changed. So what I was doing before was absolutely science-based engineering marketing and customer project liaison, project management, product development, science, and it was very fascinating. And yet what I'm doing right now also revolves around that, but it is around human beings. Because think about it, our conversations are a science, the way we think are a science, the way our emotions are built are a science because Mm. let's just take one example you are walking down a train station and then you hear a loud noise there is this stimulus outside you and it's going to immediately get your fear center activated and hormones are released and either you are in the flight mechanism you are in the freeze mechanism or fight mechanism. So mm-hmm. we are a result of science within our bodies and minds and thinkings as well. We do not think about it that way. So I do look at coaching as the art and science of human behavior and optimizing our relationships and interconnections. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that sort of reactions, particularly someone's in a coaching environment where they're reacting to a lot of bad things happening around them and things like that, they're going to be a lot harder to, to get back on track um, if they're in that, that fear of, you know, flight or free, free mode, really, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So what do you do in terms of your coaching? Is, your, is, it, um, is it around business-orientated coaching or is it about personal development? How does it work? Oh, Absolutely. My coaching centers around relationship, and that is around business relationship. And regardless whether you're in personal relationship, business relationship, the key is how do you come across in that relationship 
how do you show yourself up as because regardless wherever you go you are you and you take you everywhere you go and depending on how you show up in any situation the result is followed by your interaction with another person or with another dimension of your personal life or professional life right yep okay makes sense so who you normally coach do you coach um you know uh, business people or what's your normal client that you normally talk that you normally help oh i primarily coach women entrepreneurs leaders and achievers Mm -hmm. and of course i coach men also along the way Mm -hmm. okay and I noticed you've got a book that you've wrote. Just how long's that book been out for? The it's called Entrepreneur's Garden, right? Yes. So I've written several books, primarily on self-help and personal development, from critical thinking to emotional intelligence, mindfulness, amongst others. And my most current book is The Entrepreneur's Garden, which is primarily focused on entrepreneurs right yeah obviously because of the name i guess <laughs> which fits into our <laughs> which kind of fits into our um our model as well because we're basically we're entrepreneurs anyway so it fits in nicely to that <laughs> okay so um and and basically i guess what i sort of want to sort of get some feelings is when you started your your business up how long ago was that i started my business around in 2010 right and, and so what challenges did you see back then in terms of getting it, getting yourself off the ground? Did you have trouble in, in getting clients in the first place? I mean, what did you do to kind of start off your business? So I do believe as a scientist that it's so important to have planning and preparation. Mm. And that does not mean that you're not going to face challenges and turbulences. Those are definitely going to come your way. But you, if you plan for contingencies... So that really helped me to start off as an entrepreneur. So what I did was that when I was planning my transition plan, I was part-time entrepreneur while I was still working in the corporate world. So what I did was, as I moved from the corporate world into the entrepreneurship, I developed my credibility and my client base. So when I transitioned fully out, from the corporate into the entrepreneurial world, it was a smoother transition than if I had not planned or prepared for it. Yeah, I mean, one of the important things, I guess, in a lot of people is they, you know, have a tendency to um, sort of react. They've had enough of their jobs, so they quit, and then they, they move into start a business off and then, you know, it may not work out. And so they're basically stuck financially from day one. Um, so obviously, if you can do that transitional approach, it's, it's good. I mean, at some point, if you if you're taking on clients, you know you can't do can't be in two places at once. So you've got to pull the plug once you feel you're confident. You have a sort of a client that you've helped that um, obviously don't want to use anybody's names necessarily, but you helped a client to kind of uh, achieve some great uh, in a bad situation or a great situation. Um, you know, like obviously sometimes client stories usually comes quite interesting. Oh, absolutely. So let me share you a st- let me share a story about two clients based on which my new book has been written, The Entrepreneur's Garden. So one of the clients was in the corporate world, one of the clients was in the entrepreneurial world, and what was fascinating was that even though one was 
a corporate professional and one was an entrepreneur, their stories were quite similar. Even though they were quite successful, something was missing from their lives. When they came to me for coaching, they were both seeking fulfillment. So the corporate professional was yes, in an associate director's position, had a great life, great perks, great benefits, and yet the person did not find the passion in their job. They went, but they did not look forward to going to the job. And at the same mm-hmm. token, the entrepreneur who had come to me were very successful, and yet they were missing the passion and the joy that they had started out with. Because initially, when people go into entrepreneurship, they're starting out with something that they really love to do. And when they start out with that joy and passion, and when you're waking up in the morning, there's that fire in the belly that wakes you up. You don't need the alarm clock. And yep. you're ready to jump out of the bed and say, yes, I want to tackle things today. You know, I'm ready to go ahead and do what I want to do. I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to this day. So that joy and chutzpah and that fun had gone out of their lives. And which was very interesting as things were playing out. So what I found out was that they were not being true to themselves. And long story short, what we found out was that they were compensating with the situation and they were pursuing things that were not in alignment with their values. And what we did down was when we sat down and we re-looked at the values. So interestingly, we found out the person who was in the corporate world wanted more free time and they wanted to do away with a lot of great perks and traveling and wanted to spend more time with family. And the entrepreneur was working quite hard Mm-hmm. and still making money and yet did not have the time to spend with their family. Which is typically what you do to normally you start your own business so you can spend some time with your own family and stuff like that and then it ends up being the opposite, doesn't it? Absolutely. So so the common ground was that they both had moved away from the values that were most important to them and when they sat down and revisited and got realigned with their values, they changed their life systems which is, again, dependent on the relationship with yourself. Are you true to yourself? Are you being authentic? Are you being mindful of what you're doing? Are you mindful of your values? Are you living your life that, are, that is driven by your values, passion, and purpose? And when they did that, their actions changed. And when your actions change and they are in alignment with your values, your results will change because your mm-hmm. behaviors will change. And as a result... The gentleman who was in the associate directorship changed the departments, moved into a department which was less risky in the sense that he did not have to keep on performing, getting new clients every six months. Here it was more of a stable job and less demands on his time. So he was much happier. His family was happier. And same thing with the entrepreneur. You know, the entrepreneur client that I mentioned was very successful and yet at the same time unhappy. It was because they did not have the ability to see it for themselves. But once they became aware, once they were aware of what the values were and what they needed to do was to let go of it and hire an operations manager to run their business because they could afford it. 
and once they did it, they were able to spend more time with their families. So it was about letting go of the control. It was about aligning their value systems with their passions and purpose. And when they did that, lives changed and they were definitely more happier than what they had come to me beforehand. And, and obviously that's something that's pretty big on entrepreneurs is that they won't, um, they want to keep control, they want to do everything themselves because they don't trust anybody else. And that they're trying to, um, you know, like trying to keep all the balls in the air, I guess. And then that's when things usually usually find that you, you're on a deep road to, to hell because what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to do it all and eventually you're going to start making it worse for yourself. You're absolutely right. And you know, I see that a lot where, and I guess there's, what is there sort of, have you got any, actually that's a good question to ask, have you got any tips on how you can you can move from that control area of being so willing, you know, so wanting to control things and then um, being able to try and let go of that? Is there a, a, a tip you can give to try and, for people to have a go at getting that, getting that phase done? Oh, absolutely. One of the very simplest tips that I share with people is, Plan out your business in such a way that it can run itself, automated. Of course, it's mm-hmm. not going to be able to run itself completely. But if you really have good back-end systems in your business. So, for example, just uh, one example is if you have something like Entrepot or Infusionsoft which or Aweber or MailChimp where you automate your email sequence to your email list, where you're mm-hmm. not sitting and emailing every single day but what you do is you can schedule it you can sit down one day and schedule the four emails that may be going out for your weekly newsletter it could be the social media posting that use the buffer Mm. you can schedule for your whole seven days and again it goes back into planning and preparation so for example i have planned out up to 2018 who am i going to partner with Mm. how much do I want to earn this year? And it's also the relationship with the money that, okay, what does the money mean to you? It's the one simple thing I would definitely recommend is sit down and ask, what does the money mean to you? It's not that, you know, when you're, there's a study that has been shared that even when people earn the money they think they will be happy with, they're still not happy because then they raise the bar and they say, okay, I need another twice the amount of money that I have. So one simple tip I would recommend is having the attitude of gratitude. And when you have the attitude of gratitude, see what do you already have in your life. And when we can be mindful of things that we already blessed with, our perspective shift. And what we can do is we can automate things, we can delegate things, we can work smartly where you can be an entrepreneur and still have that passion and mojo in your life and still enjoy life. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the part of the issue is that yeah, as you say people want more and more. Like you see a lot of, you know, movie stars or whatever, you know, they, they get everything yet they're unhappy and they end up, you know, committing suicide or getting the drugs and stuff like that, and you think to yourself, well, these guys are good at everything. Why do they? Why can you be unhappy? And it's it's not about at the end of the day. I guess happiness isn't about having things. Happiness is about having that fulfillment, having that joy of serving others, having this wonderful time of spending with your family, or even having that satisfaction within yourself. Because 
if you have a solid relationship with yourself, then you do not need external validation. And one of the other tips, since you talked about the tips, is that I mm. usually share with my clients is it's a very simple that you can walk away and do is three by 24. Mm-hmm. And it is 24 seconds, 24 minutes, and 24 hours. So there are a lot of people who are trying to please other people. And when you're trying to please other people, you rush to committing things that you may not be able to commit to. So take a pause. So if somebody asks you, it could be a simple thing. So for example, if your boss asks you to complete the report at the end of the day and you have to go to your son's soccer game or a basketball game, so take a pause of 24 seconds and evaluate the situation. Is the report really urgent or is it just being delegated off to you? It is in a place to get it, keep on moving forward. So right. evaluate the situation and then you could come back to your boss and say, here's the thing, if it can wait, I'll do it first thing tomorrow morning. And if it cannot wait, what I'm planning to do is I'm going to go attend my son's soccer or basketball game or my daughter's son and daughter's basketball game and then I'll come back and do it or I'll do it remotely and then email it back to you. So that pause gives you the time to evaluate the situation and explore different alternatives and then select the best choice that is available to you in that given time. And the second 24 minutes is when somebody asks you a medium decision. So there are three types of decisions on a broad scale. One is a low medium, one is a low impact decision. The second is medium impact decision and third is critical decision. So if it's a medium impact decision where the report really needs to be completed as an employee, then it's, then in that situation, yes, there may be a give and take where you would tell your boss, okay, just give me a few minutes. Let me call home and see how the lay of the land is. You call home, you explain it to your child that, hey, this is just one off and I really need to stay back. In that event, you do finish the report and you help out your boss. So it's again, you know, putting the priorities similarly as an entrepreneur in a medium decision. If a client just calls you right at the off the cuff and says, oh, I really need your help. Now what's happening is and that evening you may have something else planned with your family. So what mm-hmm. you can do is take that 24 minutes, sit down and arrange and look at your available options. And then you could tell the client, okay, you know, I can support you, but I will be able to talk to you not in an hour, but in two to three hours at 9.30 p.m. So let's say if the client calls you around 6.30, you can tell them, I'll talk to you at 9.30 for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is you're still balancing your personal life as well as professional life, but you have been able to come up with a better solution than what you would have been not been able to do if you had immediately reacted to the situation. And the third type is the 24 hours. If it's something very critical, for example, you may be deciding whether you want to take on a client or not. Now, this client may be somebody that you may not like working with, 
but it may be something that you can sleep over and evaluate the pros and cons. So sometimes don't give the answer immediately. If you have a gut feeling that this situation may not be working out right, maybe you are not the right fit for the client, then you go home, you sleep on it, you look at the situation with a rational, calm mind, and when you do that, you'll be able to have informed decisions that will really make your lives easier. And the same thing applies for corporate world as well. That let's say if a client has come back and is asking you to do a decision that may be impacting not only your department, but it's going to impact cross-functionally several other departments, what you do is you say, okay, I need to get back and connect with the heads of those other departments and make sure that they're in alignment with the changed decision. So always taking that time, even if it's in the most urgent case, unless it's appendicitis and you need to mm. go to emergency room, of course, then you don't wait, then you just Somebody's go. Somebody's going to die, yeah, <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours, think about it. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, it's like a case-by-case case basis. And, but in the professional and the personal world, usually in our life situations, you can wait. Mm. And I think there's a lot to be said for thinking time. Um, you know, I was, I was watching some videos the other day and, and talking about, you know, even spending an entire day to have a think about stuff rather than do anything. And I think that's important because a lot of times I think in, you, you tend to reacting to things that, you know, instantly expecting that you've got to make instant decisions on stuff and that isn't always the case. And, and people will wait for a decision based on what you, you know, if you want to have a think about it. And, and a lot of times, um, you know, that... To me, that's really what I've done in the past where I've had a difficult you know, situation, difficult client. Rather than start talking to that client straight away, give a bit of a pressure cooker, let it, let it sit for a while, um, whether that's a couple of hours or a day or something, just before you can get back to them so that way things settle down a bit and people are thinking more rationally about it. And I think that time spent thinking is, is good, good, valuable time. Sometimes stuff comes out of it that you wouldn't have thought of before rather than just reacting. I read somewhere too that they said that you, technically you only have so many decisions you'll make in one day. And so a lot of email marketers will send emails first thing in the morning because the belief is that by afternoon you've, you've kind of filled up your decisions for the day and you're not going to make any more and that's going to be put off till next day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure whether that's, that's re- really a thing or not, but you know, a lot of times I know I get late in the afternoon, I mean, you know, you're tired, you've had a busy day, you won't necessarily want to make a, a big decision then, would you? Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. So um, can you tell, tell the listeners how to get hold of you? What's the best way? I mean, obviously you've got your book there. Um, I noticed there's a website for that. Um, that, I, that I saw on your list and stuff. Um, so how would someone get in touch with you and, and, and who are you looking to do business with? You know, like what's the, the sort of your ideal customer? No, yeah, no, thank you, John, for the opportunity to share that. Uh, your customers can get in touch with me or your audience can get in touch with me via my email. It's contact C O N T S and Tom A C T S and Tom contact at diviaparik.com and I'll spell out my name. It is D S and David I V S and Victor Y A P A R S and Robert E K H dot com. It's contact at diviaparik.com and you can also reach me 
via my website which is www.divyaparik.com and my ideal customer is an entrepreneur leader or an achiever who's desirous to moving to next level who's desirous to make a change in this world who's desirous of serving others who's desirous of growing themselves and they know that you know it's okay it's totally a okay to have a wonderful life a quality lifestyle that you deserve the freedom of time that you want as well as have that passion for making a difference in others lives and serving and supporting others and growing a community mm-hmm. and Great. who want to excel basically excel in personal professional and entrepreneurial life Okay, cool. Well, we'll put up the um, the website links and I'll put a link to your book and everything on, on the podcast when we release it. So they'll be able to get in touch with you there too if they um, just click on the links. Um, really grateful for you to coming along and having a chat and talking about what you do. Um, and I hope that um, you know you can continue to help people and and, um, and it's interesting, the whole entrepreneur's garden concept. So uh, thanks again for coming along. Thank you very much, John. I'm very grateful to be part of your Evolvepreneur, I love what you're doing. So thank you for what you're doing and thank you again for having me. Great. Thanks a lot. You've just been listening to another great Evolvepreneur podcast interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit evolvepreneur.biz today to find out more about our online community and how you can take part.